listeners, and welcome to another episode of Cathode Raycast. Feels like it's been a long time since we've been talking to you, but we're happy to be back. I'm your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, and today we have an interesting one that we're talking about for sure. Um, But before I get into today's specifics of the episode we're about to start, I just want to say thank you for listening, A, so clearly you have found where our podcasts are, which is great, but make sure you are always going back to storyscreenbeacon.com for articles, reviews, other podcasts, and also picking up tickets to our drive-in, which is in Beacon, New York. But all right, so now once we've got all that all the way, I want to introduce the two guests that I have for this very special episode. They've been clamoring to talk about this show for a long time. I'm joined today by Robbie Anderson. Hey, how's it going? And Jack Kolodetsky. Hello. Hello. So this show for you two guys, I think both of you would consider it in your top five favorite shows, if not your favorite. But today we are talking about Hannibal. So you guys tell me first your introductions to this show and what it means to you, because I think that's like probably going to be the most exciting thing to talk about today is like how you've interacted with it. If Robbie and I were to tell our kids how we met, it's uh, <laughs> maybe not met, but became best friends. Yeah, we were we were aware Hannibal. of each other yes. before. We yes. were in each other's orbits. Yes, but it was uh, there was a defining moment in Bank Square we were just like, oh, you watch Hannibal too? Oh, oh you, you and like oh, no one else, like, no one else in the like world. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I finally found someone. Because at this point, we were still watching it. I don't think it wrapped up yet. I think it was still in season three or about to be in season three. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was still ongoing. Yeah. What year did you guys meet then? Do you remember? I guess that must have been, been 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. What, either 20, I moved to Beacon in 2015. So yeah. probably 2016. It could have been soon after it ended too. Um, I had I had different opinions on the finale back then than I do now. Uh, <laughs> I remember talking to you about the finale when it came out, so yeah. I'm pretty sure we started we, hanging out before the finale. But definitely a big uh, backbone of of our friendship is the fact that we were you know the two people in the tri-state area who who watched uh, Hannibal. Pretty much, yeah. At that point, maybe the <laughs> the two people left in the country, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but there are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. I think there are more than just dozens, actually. My quick research uh, after finishing it as a first timer just today. Um, yeah, it seems like the the fan base is rather tiny, but very loud and vocal, and also like yes. just pretty cool generally. Yeah, it's it's one of those cult TV shows that I think fits in with some of those other like big cult TV shows. Where the thing that stands out for me about Hannibal is like. It's the same thing that you could say about like Lost or Twin Peaks. It's like, how did this manage to get greenlit on TV? How did they get away with some of this stuff on TV? Uh, and like, you know, how did they get like the but? And th- this was also before like, you know, um, streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and stuff really started to pour a lot of money into their like TV. their own tv production so now i think you see a lot more like kind of experimental stuff in that space and that's that's really cool uh hbo as well i think um but like f- this was like network television this was abc right NBC. it was nbc nbc okay mm-hmm. and it's like 
a lot of this stuff is just like holy shit i can't believe like this is on normal ass tv yeah kind of similar to twin peaks how twin peaks was on network television too and it kind of you know ended because it was on network television which is kind of like the same story with hannibal right what were you gonna say robbie Oh, I think it's funny that show. Uh, that show will not show nipples, but it'll show anything else on the planet. <laughs> it'll show your your naked Any, lungs. Uh, anything else? Out. Yeah, getting yeah. sautéed uh, <laughs> or any other any other organ or body yeah. part. Um, but yeah, I think uh, everything you guys said. I I love I love Hannibal. Hannibal is a very special place in my heart. I think I've watched it through three times. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it. I want that season four. Still, I think about it every day, season four of Hannibal, what would it look like? Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about uh, some season four predictions or what you guys are looking for, definitely towards the end of the podcast, really get into that. Because um, I've done a lot of research today, just figuring out what the novels were, the release of the novels, um, the release of the films, and the order in which the film adaptations were made because really the only thing I had seen prior to watching Hannibal, the television series was the silence of the lambs. I haven't seen red dragon. I haven't seen Hannibal rising. That's the only one I've seen and, as well. Yeah. The silence of the lambs. Besides the silence. Okay. Yeah. 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 So for me, it was interesting to see that originally Brian Fuller, when he was developing this show, he had, he wanted seven seasons to start, which is kind of crazy. And he wanted the first three seasons to be original content that he had developed, kind of basing his knowledge of the characters from the Thomas Harris novels and fleshing out their backstory. And then getting into Red Dragon, that would have been the fourth season. And then he wanted to do The Silence of the Lambs for the fifth. And then he wanted to do Hannibal, which takes place after Silence of the Lambs. He wanted to do that as the sixth season, and then his seventh season was going to be more original content, like finishing out that Hannibal storyline. So it was very sad, I thought, to see like the Red Dragon storyline get squeezed into that back half of season three, because it did feel really rushed. It's interesting, though, because Will Graham does not really feature prominently in anything past Red Dragon. Um, as far as I know, I haven't read all the books, but I read... I did read Red Dragon. I want to say I read maybe just Hannibal, I guess, as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, Clarice takes over, obviously, in Silence of the, of the Lambs is kind of the main protagonist. But it would have been interesting to see what Brian Fuller would have done if he had continued the story on. Would he have chosen to leave Will Graham out of it and pick up with a new main character? Or would he have maybe just morphed those roles into kind of give that sort of material to Will Graham as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it seems from from what I know of just like, you know, Wikipedia holes late at night and looking up like Hannibal stuff from, from movies or books, um, he, it seems that he had not been shy f- from morphing, twisting, and, and creating new things for, for the show. Um, and, you know, it, it, you know, by the end of season three... You know, I think if he were to do a Silence of the Lambs, it would be it would be quite, you know, mixed up uh, in a lot of ways, uh, especially with you know where Will Graham's moral morality even lies at that point. You know, who knows? 
But isn't there some kind of like licensing fuckery that happened with Signs of the Lambs? D- didn't he like not own or didn't like NBC like not own the rights to Signs of the Lambs? Like that is different than other Hannibal properties. Is that correct? Yeah, I think what I was reading today and there really hasn't been any news since like 2017 regarding mm-hmm. that information. But it did seem like Brian Fuller was trying to get the rights to those characters to be able to use them. Right. So yeah. But now they're making a they're making a show, right? That is Ooh, that is Silence of the Lambs. Based on Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. That's not has nothing to do with Brian Fuller or any of this stuff, right? Oh. It, got, it got announced earlier this year and like, you know, I tried to forget about it cuz it's like not <laughs> it's not what the fuck I want. So. Yeah, I recall our our response was like not very yeah. positive to that. No, no. Is it going to be on Amazon? Cuz it seemed like Amazon was the one um, who held a lot of the rights. I can look. Let me see. Cool. I will say that uh, Bill Graham, that character, watching the trailer to Red Dragon today, just so I could get like a taste of what those characters look like, and it's Edward Norton who plays yeah. Will Graham, and I love Edward Norton, but his portrayal of Will just in the trailer alone, I was like, oh, this is like so wooden, like that movie, absolutely wooden. That movie is not great. <laughs> Really, none of the Silence of the Lamb, the Hannibal, I guess, if you will, movies besides Silence of the Lamb, Lambs are very good at all. Uh, Manhunter, interestingly, mm-hmm. uh, came out well before any of this stuff and was a take on Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. That movie's pretty cool. That movie has some some merit to it. Yeah, I saw that that came out in 86. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like way ahead, like five years before Silence of the Lambs even came out, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Yeah, so I looked up this show. It's for CBS, I want to say. Oh. Um, and it's Weird. it is Silence of the Lambs. Um, oh well, that, which is that coming sound from good. the Star Trek franchise captain Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet. So is it going to be there? You have it. Probably like one of those CBS all access shows. Probably not probably. on the actual probably. network. Yeah. I would say that's probably a, a good guess. Yeah, well, that's can't. <laughs> at least it gives it more freedom to maybe do some weird stuff, knowing that it's not actually going to be on television. But it does mm-hmm. seem like a slap in the face to Brian Fuller. Yeah, I mean, CBS, I mean, it's it's a wonder that Hannibal aired on network television as it did. But CBS and NBC even are very different beasts. Yes. Uh, I think yes, they are. NBC takes some bigger swings, in my opinion, than, I mean, uh, Lost was NBC as well. Mm-hmm. I think, I can't actually remember. Do you remember what Twin Peaks originally aired on? That was on ABC. That was ABC. Okay. Yeah. They all do tend to start to like bleed together, though. The older you get because i feel like when you're younger you're like these are very distinctive and then you get older and you realize what network television looks like and you're like oh yeah. that could have been on any one of those networks especially in our lifetime i think specifically we've seen the scape of what television looks like change a lot definitely it's very different now. but who knows maybe clarice will find her home welcome amongst such company as young sheldon <laughs> maybe maybe they'll hit it maybe. off maybe who can say yeah, I just can't imagine, like, I don't know, like, you know, the people who are diehard Hannibal people, which is, you know, a smaller Us. subsect, like, they're not going to want to watch that shit. But even, like, you know, otherwise, people are going to be like, so is this related to the other show? Or, like, 
I can't imagine how interesting it would be to do a long form version of Silence of the Lambs without any of the <clears throat> added, uh, you know, excuse the pun, meat of the other seasons that Brian Fuller developed. Like, I feel like the interesting thing about seeing Silence of the Lambs, a perfect movie done again, is with the the kind of stuff that Brian Fuller built and remixed and then seeing how Silence of the Lambs would work through through this new Hannibal universe. So it's like, so without that, it's like, well, then what the fuck? Is, then is it just the movie again? Which I mean, you could say, I, I, you know, I could say that about a, a lot of things that they have remade. You know, like I could have said the same shit about Fargo. And it turns out Fargo's like mad good, so like whatever, you know. But yes, but FX is also not CBS. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I you know I just you I, that, I don't you like need that that fuller spice blend. Yeah, to I mean, really make it pop. Yeah, I definitely want Fuller to make it. <laughs> yeah. Even anyway. though I wanted him to do more American Gods, that didn't happen either. So I don't know what the fuck no, he's doing. That also, R.I.P. That one. Yeah, I, I was sad, to, or I should say, I was happy to see it go. I was sad to see actually what it turned out to be as an adaptation. So I, I was not heartbroken when that fell through. To be honest, a lot of first, a lot of potential in that first season that uh, did not come to pass, unfortunately. Yeah. But back to Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, Hannibal. <laughs> Enough dunking on on poor Clarice. We'll go back to Hannibal. Yeah, it's a shame because the Clarice that uh, Fuller wanted to cast in his Silence of the Lambs season would have been Ellen Page. That was what he had reported. And that would have been really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know her ass would have been gay. You know that. (laughs) Like, you know he would have done, like, queer Clarice and, like, that would have been fucking cool. (laughs) It would have been neat, for sure. Yeah. Uh, some would say, I think, neater than some of the queer representation that we had in the show, because I didn't realize this. I knew that Freddie Lowndes was gender swapped for the show, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that Alana Bloom was originally Dr. Alan Bloom in the books, and so they gender swapped her as well. And Margot Verger is Margot. Um, is a lesbian. Um, she does have queer connotations in her character, but I—I I don't know. I'm coming in off hot with uh, oh, these yeah, opinions. Oh yeah, you just—you just finished the finale. Yeah, I—I I felt like Alana, the character, was used as a tool for men, and not in like a good, exciting way. Mm-hmm. I felt like her character shifts were just like, well, whatever we need Alana to be this season, we'll make her be that, and I found that kind of disappointing. The Margot character, I thought, made sense. She made sense to me. But the way Alana morphed and changed, I thought was not great. But what did you guys think? Because, you know, you've had more time to think on it. Uh, I, I think it's interesting criticism. And I think, you know, in the first few seasons, I could definitely see how that could be applicable because she is kind of like, you know, falling in love with two insane people constantly and just <laughs> doing that, I guess. Uh, I do think she has really great moments, though, especially with her and um, Abigail. Uh, and I do think she has a lot of really cool moments uh, in her own right throughout the season. I do think the best version of her character, though, is in season three. And I think her season three character is really cool. And seeing how like her and Margot kind of foster a relationship from like being broken and and making you know and also just having kind of like nightmare backgrounds and like kind of finding each other and then you get the amazing one of the best lines in the show is the is the finger wag joke that Hannibal makes to them <laughs> which is you know 
that's what we all been waiting for the entire time. So I, you know, I think that's a fair criticism. I could totally see like where you're coming from with that, especially like so hot on it. I, and you know, with me being a little removed, but still having it in the back of my head, I can see that, but I do really like who she is in season three for sure. And I think that's kind of like her at, at like peak. Interesting. I think for me, all that is overshadowed just by the relationship between Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not an explicitly queer relationship, but I think it'd be hard to argue against that those two men do not share like an intimacy and a love for each other. Uh, and it's tough to say. I mean, you know, it's obviously, again, not like a direct queer romance, but I think it's it kind of almost transcends like a direct romance in that they are in this relationship that is... So they're so deeply intertwined and also it's so toxic for both of them, yeah. really. Uh, but they like they really complete each other. And I think that's that's probably for me why I think the finale worked personally. Um, and I know, Robbie, you have you have different of different opinion on that. Specifically. On what specifically? On the finale. <laughs> oh, like if oh. the finale worked for you or not. Um, yeah, I think I've come around on it. You didn't like it at first? Yeah, yeah, because, like, when it first, when I first saw it, I was kind of just like, well, they knew they weren't getting another one, or they knew they, like, maybe were. I knew, I, I think they had their doubts that they weren't getting another season, but they kind of held that hope, so they, they went with the ending that, at the time, I was just like, it's just kind of, like, vague and, like, you know, even a little bit more out there than Hannibal, like, can get. Like, it almost, like, breaks the barriers of reality, which the show never quite does, um, and I think at the time when I first saw it, you know, I think I was also just had mixed feelings. I was just like, you know, I'm just not really ready for this show to end. And then they just have them both fall off a cliff. And I'm just like, I don't know. But then, you know, the most recent time I watched it, I think I came around on it. But just 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 because of like how beautiful their like blood dance under the full moon was and just like how good of like a character moment it was. I really like kind of fell in love with with that scene and that last sequence of them just like of, of like the, you know, the the almost denouement they get to have together of just like being quiet and having a glass of wine before things kind of get really out of hand. So, you know, I, I, I've come around on it. And, uh, you know, and now that there's some rumblings of, of a season four or that, you know, it's in Brian Fuller's head in, in the war chest, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where they could even go with it. Uh, but yeah, I do. I was not a fan, you know, when it first aired, I was not a fan of the way it, it ended. But now I think I'm kind of like, because I think I've made more peace with the show being over. I'm like, well, this is the one I get and I'm going to see the good in it. And I think there is a lot of good in it. Yeah. yeah, I personally love both the spectacle and the ambiguity there. Like, both those things really work for me. Mm-hmm. Brett, I'm, I'm so curious to hear your take on it, you having just finished this mere hours ago. <laughs> uh, well, I will say that for me, watching Hannibal, there's no finality in anything, um, which also goes to, like, highlight what I think is the show's crux problem is that it doesn't really know what to do with its female characters because i really feel like no one ever dies almost ever like people should be dead all of these people should be dead and they're not dead except for poor beverly who was like one of my favorite characters but then Mm -hmm. as soon as her death served the plot on a grander scheme they were like oh well no she's actually dead when she was like 
merely that's shot. That's one of the coolest tableaus, though. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to ask you guys what your, what's oh. your, what your favorite tableau of the show is, and I think Beverly, like, just separated by the... It looked very I mean, cool. Maybe it's, maybe it's my scientist brain, but her basically being on, like, slides was, was really cool. It's, that was it's super up there cool. For, it's up there for me because there's also, like, the scene where, like, the 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 end of the previous episode before the reveal that Hannibal got, got her where mm-hmm. they're in like his like uh, meat chamber. Yes. And like, it's just like the light where he's just standing there just like still and then like hits the light and then you just hear like the two gunshots and it's over. Like that's like one of the best, like I love that ending to that episode. I was like, that's so fucking cool. But it also um, was, yeah, definitely one of the most realistic uh, deaths. Cause they're like, yeah, like gunshots and they were in the dark yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, I liked Hannibal the best, actually, when it was the most grounded. And I also really liked Hannibal the most when the death was the most beautiful and grotesque part of the show. When, like, all of a sudden, like, everyone's wardrobe was exquisite. All of the sets were exquisite. They were Season in Italy. Three you're talking about, basically. All yeah. of that. I was just like, no, this is kind of like overcasting the beauty of, like, the murder and the death which is what is supposed to be the most beautiful aspect of the show. But I will say that I liked the finale um, coming off of it, just watching it today. I I really enjoyed it, but you can't convince me that any of these people are dead. So, like, they'll yeah. probably be totally fine. Because, <laughs> I mean, Alana started off season three, like, walking, like, pretty terribly. And then by the end of season three, she didn't even need a cane at all to walk anymore. I'm like, yeah, she's like better now. <laughs> They've just forgotten mm-hmm. no problem. that she was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did mean, Chilton actually die or is he still alive? He's still alive too. Because he's just all burnt up and fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he died. I thought he was like. Nah, I, I think Burn, that's right. They show a scene post him being lit on fire in the oxygen chamber. He's in like the chamber, right? Yeah. yeah. And then he's I just thought, like, he's like. Meh, 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 meh. I thought somebody pulls a plug on him. But it's been a while since I've seen it. So. Right. They torch and I could be thinking of like one of the movies or other, uh, yeah, like recreations of that script. Yeah, they torched that poor Georgia in that oxygen chamber. But yes. Doctor Chilton, he's still he's still kicking, which is crazy because I thought he was killed after he got shot in the face. But then I was like, nope, he's you still think- alive. Yeah, right. For that scene really where he takes out all the people stuff. Up. That's so fucking oh, yeah. cool, man. Yeah. Was cool that before shit. or after the uh, Skyfall, where they basically do the exact same thing? Ooh, you'll have to what? refresh you my memory. James Bond, you know the Skyfall in Skyfall. It's um, Javier Bardem is like the Bond villain in that mm-hmm. one. He like takes. He basically like he oh. suffered from like a poisoning or something. Remember, he yes. like takes out the same sort of thing, and his face kind of just like sags, sloshes Oops. away. Yeah, I don't know I which don't know. one came out first. I know it looked cool in Hannibal, and I liked it. <laughs> I, I I mean, by the end of season two, the season two finale, pretty much all of the main characters are, like, mortally wounded, pretty much. Yeah. So the show likes to fuck people up and not always, like, outright murder them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it always, like, I think I think the thing that I always was so enamored with Hannibal is just that like it's it's vibe and it's almost like uh comic bookian goofality which is a term I just made up <laughs> but just like the way like it it's just it's not trying to be like it's not trying to be Silence of the Lambs because I don't think it's trying to chase chase a goat you know what I mean and 
it's not trying to be necessarily like a grounded like like uh thriller either like it's very much like its own it just it's trying to capture a vibe and that vibe continually ramps up and evolves and kind of like you know by season three to me despite it feeling like it's it's trying to kind of like put a lot of eggs in the basket that's kind of already full of eggs uh it's still it's still like it feels like one of the most like realized at that point too because it's like it's kind of like it's at level 11 like you know when they start doing the crazy art house stuff and all these things and like the shots are like you know a drop of blood in water for like 17 minutes and you're just like man this is fucking wild like that and that stuff always really worked for me like the more the show got like art house and used like visual flares to really communicate its metaphors ambiguously uh that's like for me is like I, lo- I like that's what i love about the show so much and and they just keep doing that and i love like you know it retrospectively it's it's evolution as you know a serialized kind of like you know i don't know like a ncis or like law and order is show like it's like a police drama and then it's it's just the hook in your lip to be like now we're gonna make uh, you're gonna watch weird shit now we're it's a bait and switch weird shit yeah yeah, I mean they they do the same kind of thing. Like Mr. Robot does this as well. Like you yeah. start season one with like a, a a basically like a procedural kind of monster of the week sort of thing. Like he's there's a serial killer every week, and they've got to track him down. And like yeah. that's how they get you hooked in season one. And then by yeah, really it's that it's the same for me. I think my favorite parts of the show is season three, where they just go full art house with the thing. And but the show has always kind of gone for like sort of the surreal elegance sort of vibe. Yeah, and I I like that portrayal of Hannibal Lecter, who's just this this man who like just likes his fine wine and his fine cuisine and his fine art and all that hoity toity kind of shit. Like I think, I, I think Mads Mikkelsen like just knocks that out of the park. He's like perfect. he is so perfect for that role. Yeah, now, I personally vastly prefer Mads Mikkelsen over over the Silence of the Lambs portrayal of Hannibal well, Lecter. I think I think it's they're going for different things. For sure. You know. But if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick Mads Mikkelsen every time. Fair enough. Yeah, it definitely made him seem more formidable because he just seemed so able-bodied. It was interesting yeah. in the Hannibal movies like yeah, to have <laughs> an older version of Hannibal and you're like, could you really have done all of those things? Like Psychologically, you're still terrifying, but seeing your body and how old you are, mm-hmm. I think they really do skew his age for the better in the show. Like... I think he is, I I imagine, younger in the show than what he's really supposed to be. But it makes him more able-bodied and more interesting as a killer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that his, like, intellect is almost as, like, sharp as his, like, physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, as much as I really like the like like the the fight scenes in Hannibal because there's like kind of an abundance of them there's a uh, lot yeah yeah and and they're cool and I think they're all cool but it's like you know there are times I think the coolest thing about Anthony Hopkins uh Hannibal is that like he really like uses exclusively intellect to mm. disarm people and kind of do things like that and that's that's how they build the tension in like a movie like Silence sure. of the Lambs where in this one it, it's a little different because Hannibal's always the smartest person in the room and that's why season two is I think what spins all the plates of what I think we all like about mm-hmm. Hannibal the best. Cause it's like, you almost can like see in the back of your head, like the tug of war or like, or like the race between like Hannibal and Will Graham and Will Graham just like 
just playing the smartest game the entire season and and like he truly being the only one person that can actually outsmart Hannibal but almost too well to the point where he loses part of himself in the process oh, yeah. and like man they won't make shit like that like that's crazy like that's so cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I liked season two the best as well because it was the season where the humans actually speak like humans the most frequently. Um, because for me, this is a very personal preference. I'm not huge on poetry. Um, mm. That's just not like my go-to reading of choice. I much prefer like novelizations or what have you. Um, and so watching season three specifically, it was just like, okay poetry but like so repetitive that all of the characters started like speaking in the same types of patterns and so Mm -hmm. over over time watching season three in such a condensed fashion it was just like whew okay all of these episodes sound the same to me like the way the characters are delivering their lines is very repetitive and i also think i'm not too fond of um bedelia Hannibal's psychiatrist who he smuggles away to Italy. I, I don't like how Jillian oh, at Anderson oh. delivers her lines because it's always like a whispered urgency. It's like listening to like ASMR and I'm just not into that type of delivery when it comes to lines. But that's a very personal preference that it was just like, huh, okay, I'm ready to like move out of this apartment, this Italian apartment. Like I'm ready to kind of get out there. Like the the costuming was beautiful and the set design was beautiful and the cinematography was great. But I think like the actual meat on the bones wasn't for me at that time. It's funny you bring up ASMR cuz I was like it's been a while since I've I've watched the show, so I was trying to just like rejog my memory of of uh of some of the more specifics and when you just type in like Hannibal TV series into YouTube, like one of the first results is like Hannibal cooking <laughs> ASMR. Cause all of those cooking scenes are just like the most lavish, food like porn. beautiful, like, you know, appetizing, mm-hmm. I will say, uh, scenes that you, you could put together, like ele- just elegance. Totally. For sure. <laughs> I'm not really into ASMR either, but I see those qualities in the, in in what's going on on the screen yeah. in the show, I like cooking shows. So this has this a lot is of a cooking that. show. I don't I don't I don't want to make people, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. Chef's table owes a lot to uh, to Hannibal. To Hannibal. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Hannibal. It it it's a it's a very good balance of elegance and and grotesqueness. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, Jack. Earlier, you were asking about favorite kills. Or, like, what was, like, the best murder scenes. And for me, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about Hannibal during the month of October is because I guess I thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it Mm -hmm. ended up being. It's, like, so refined that it ended up not being that actually horrifying, especially by the end because it's, like, lulled you into this, like, state of psychosis where you're like, oh, this is normal. These deaths are normal. But um, it's more tense, yeah. than anything. But that's what Definitely. makes yeah. that what's that's it makes Hannibal so like formidable, mm-hmm. is because he just lures people in with this this like you know hypnotic kind of like energy, yeah. and is able to just manipulate everyone around him and and also get away with everything just because he is 
he is by far the smartest person in the room and he's maybe besides will graham when he's in the room but he just lures you in with it and then usually feeds you human meat. <laughs> yeah definitely but i think uh, my favorite murder in the context of the whole show isn't a hannibal murder it eventually ends up being a hannibal murder but at the beginning of season two where the gentleman is constructing the giant eye made out of people Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was probably the hardest scene for me to watch was watching that one victim who was still alive rip his skin off, oh, get out and yeah, escape. Man. And then Hannibal ends up, you know, doing the dirty and like sewing the actual murder into his own mural. All of his, but that's uh, bad. his his trans his murder <laughs> coat that he wears over his suit. Uh, that's my favorite thing about the show. Maybe I have a lot of favorite the murder coat. <laughs> I love the murder. Every time he wore that, it's like, oh, he gonna do a killing. He gonna do some killing now. Mm-hmm. But he can't really. He has to also still wear his suit. Yes, uh, it's very funny. He's got a lot of nice suits. He dresses well. A lot of mm-hmm. nice suits. I think my I think my top three uh, murders are uh, the I one. No particular order. The I one. The um, I just had it. Murder Tower, oh, Body yeah. Tower, on the, the totem beach. pole. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, because I remember, I remember seeing that for the first time, being like, "I hate this show. Like, I don't want to fucking see this." And then, uh, and not a Hannibal murder, but the um, the uh, the violin guy oh. and uh, the one on the stage. And then, like Will Graham's, like imagining like playing it and stuff. I was just like, and the and the noise it makes, like the like the whole oh, like the throat noise. It's like. That's crazy. So I think those are my top three. Re- and then my top, my number one moment of the of the show is uh, season two finale because that's fucked up. The finale is awesome. Yeah, that it's just, it's, just it's like. And by the way, Abba goes back, and also she's dead <laughs> now. It's like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they that. did like sort of the Breaking Bad kind of uh, vehicle where it's like show the end yes. first and yeah. then build your way back up to it. I will say it killed the suspense for me when it came to Jack, because I'm like, well, I know he makes it to the end of the season at the very least. But yeah, that was interesting. I am glad that they did that, because ultimately, if you're familiar with the the movies, you kind of do know that Hannibal's going to make it. So yeah, let's show you like how twisted this can get, and then build up to that. I thought Will Graham and... I thought they were all going to be dead, and they are going to do a cast reboot for uh, season three. Oh, Really? Yeah, when I didn't. when I watched it, like, because at that point I had, you know, we had, we had all the time in the world to speculate because we had to wait like mad long for season three to come out. So I and then you know the first the first episode of season three, you don't see Alana yet, right? Or is it you, you, there's is it not you don't see Alana, but you you see Will and he thinks that Abigail's still with him. I think right? that's episode two, I believe. Two. I think they go straight yeah. to Italy. I think in it's episode just one, isn't so it? they so you don't see any of the of the people you think could have gotten killed. No, that's you just see Hannibal. They, they and make you wait yeah. for Bedelia, a while. Yeah. And I and I remember like after that first episode being like I'm right, <laughs> <laughs> like they're gonna be all new people in 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 and then they all like end up coming back because. Burn, that's right. No one actually dies. No one's, <laughs> no ever, one's really ever really gone. <laughs> no one's ever really gone. The dead yeah. speak. The dead All the speak. time in Hannibal. <laughs> All mm-hmm. the time, man. I was a little uh, upset with them as showrunners because, yeah, when you're watching season two, you're kind of tricked into believing that Will might actually be going down the dark path for like a good two or three episodes. You're like, oh, he's just bad now. And then you find out like, oh, no, it was all ploy. Like, 
he is just fishing and yeah. he's getting Hannibal. And then when they did it again with Abigail and uh, that first episode where you see her again in season three, I'm just like, oh, no, you're not doing this to me again. <laughs> you're not getting me again. I'm smarter than you now. Fool Kill her three once. times. Shame right. on you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's cool. Like, I, I like that the like in season three, you see the collateral damage of Will trying to outsmart Hannibal. Like how like because you're just like, oh, he did it. And then and then you realize like, oh, no, he let too much in. Like he he like fucked he fucked up kind of like in order for him to he had to do like the like the samurai like I stabbed through myself to to get you, you know like it's he, ah, the old uh, Goku of, and Piccolo kill Raditz man one of one of those. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So and I, I like that in you know in season three it's like his his moral compass is is actually like really broken and and you don't really realize that by the end of season two. Even though I guess at the end of season two he's almost just like. I could just get on the plane with Hannibal and run away. He's also very, very sick by the end of season two. He is suffering from encephalitis. So that's season one. He's suffering from. Oh, season one. You're yeah. right. You're right. That's season yeah, one. That yeah, that was messy-haired Will. Because I love how Will's hair changes. Sweaty, sweaty in every season. <laughs> Bad clock, <laughs> yeah. Will. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Season two, that. he's fine, and he. That is when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I loved the beginning of that's season two because I love court cases i think they're fascinating especially in television i've watched a lot of law and order growing up and so that was nice. kind of like my jam was the beginning of season two especially when they got so playful with the fact that will was in prison and then it was like he was the hannibal character that we're familiar with from mm-hmm. silence of the lambs yeah. and beverly is coming and using him like clarice uses hannibal i really liked all of that interplay and as i said it felt really grounded to me as far as you know, as, as well grounded as Hannibal can get. Yeah. And I really liked that era. I think that was a lot of fun. But, uh, well, that's, that's the most remixing that's happening. And yeah. I think that's when the show, you know, is, is, is really fire on all cylinders. And like, you know, you see a lot of like legacy properties get remixed in interesting ways. It's, it's like, you know, and a more mainstream example, it's like why I like, uh, not only a lot of the Marvel movies, but what they do with Spider-Man so much. Because what they do is, like, you're, it's so delightful when you see how they were, like, and now this guy's the Vulture. And it's like, oh, they've you've never made the Vulture this kind of character. Like, that's actually, like, really cool. And, like, it, it's, it's it, there's, like, a sense of, like, being in on the joke. Or, like, being in on, in, in, like, the writer's room or in the head of the creator when, when that gets to happen. And it works, like, it works super well. And I feel like, you know, again, I don't know the most about Hannibal, but I've seen Silence of the Lambs. And... In season two, it's delightful because they they do really play with like the toys in that chest of just like oh yes now we make this scene similar to this scene and you're gonna feel like really excited when we do things like that and it, and it works. Yeah, I think the Spider Man comparison is really apt because there's been a lot of like Spider Man. There's been a lot of different a- adaptations of the Hannibal character, and mm-hmm. I mean Silence of the Lambs is definitely iconic, but the rest of those movies that that in that sort of era do not come anywhere close to what silence of the lambs does and i think brian fuller has the most like regardless of whether you think silence of the lambs or the show is better like i think fuller has like a a, a more comprehensive like take on the character yeah i mean i think he's really i think the real point of the show is like to 
Because I feel like the mission statement of the show in some capacity had to be like, how do we understand Hannibal? Like, how do we really break down Hannibal as a character? So let's, like, what are we exploring about him? Like, oh, he he has a god complex. He has these these things that are, like, human and can be analyzed. But he sees himself as beyond. So he kind of gets, like, you know, uh, mind over matter things in a lot of ways. You know, he gets to be the god of, of of these pawns that he, like, operates, you know? And then, and then, like really exploring, like what does it mean to to feel like a god? What does it mean to try and kill a god? What does it mean to like do these things? And like, like the the show really like juggles such like really heady concepts in ways like you know I, I think I had to watch a lot of episodes twice just to really understand what was going on. I, I mean, at the time I was watching it. Yeah, and giving you the the foil of Will Graham, who is a character who's just pure empathy. Yeah, against someone who is devoid. considers themselves not devoid. I think he yeah. understands, but I like you said, I think he just he just considers himself like a step beyond. Like yeah. he's fine slaughtering any human because he just doesn't see himself as an mm-hmm. equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why they really lean into the food aspect of the whole show. Is that they're really painting him as a butcher, and even in that one episode someone says you must have an excellent butcher and he said i have the best and yeah i mean when <laughs> your fellow humans are just animals to you that's when you really start to understand yeah who hannibal is not just like a brilliant person who understands like philosophy and art and music and culture but someone who understands all of that and also is lacking any sense of guilt of killing his fellow man for sure. It's very terrifying. That profile of a person. Yeah, you, know, you, you consume enough uh, philosophy and, and art and literature and, and red wine and you just... That's it. Kind of just get Fall disconnected a little end, bit, you know? A little, <laughs> little too far gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to talk about probably one of my least favorite characters in the show is uh, the only character who was played by two different actors, which I didn't even really recognize uh because he's so disfigured uh, yeah. that's always surprising when you when you learn yeah that one. i could tell that his oh, delivery yeah. wasn't the same but yeah what really took me out of the show was the introduction of mason verger not that i dislike mm-hmm. michael pitt but i'm like who is this jerry horn knockoff from twin peaks <laughs> like just sure. running amok and that was when it started to get really cartoony and the cartooniness happened immediately following like the very grounded law process that they were building up in season two and so i wondered what you guys thought of like the introduction of the vergers because i wasn't familiar with those characters at all so it was very shocking to me i kind of liked where it ended up but the beginning was just pretty crazy for for me well that's where they start to take like he starts to take some different books and like throw those concepts i think you're right so i had to double check this but Mason Verger is in mm-hmm. Hannibal, the the book, um, and that kind of sort of like bleeds into the Red Dragon like right. storyline. I think so. Right? Uh, I I liked. Um, I I think if I can remember how I felt about it, like the first time I watched the show, I kind of remember feeling like because it happens at like a weird point in season two where like a lot of things are happening and they're just like, oh, so we're doing this subplot. It's like now. a soft reset. Yes. It's weird. In Very two. much so. But then, but. And then watching it, you know, again, um, it did. It just didn't bother me. Like I, I thought it was interesting. I like um, 
just how fucking depraved that character is. And Michael I, like, Pitt's so good. Also. He's so good. And like, I really like seeing like, just like, you know, it's just another layer to like some of the allegories in the show with like pigs and cat and livestock and things like that. And, uh, you get to see Hannibal all tied up, which is always cool. Um, <laughs> and naked, uh, sexy and sexy. Um, so yeah, like, you know, I think, uh, like, I don't, it's not the strongest part of the show, but like it's another just like, you know, element of depravity that is like as interesting as anything else for the most part, you know? I mean, when he cuts his face off, that is, yeah, that oh, is yeah. a, that's a top tier moment well, of the show. Or even when he gets his face eaten by the dogs. It's just like, yeah, that part. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. I love it. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And it's like, this is on NBC. Yeah. My grandma's <laughs> maybe watching this if she didn't change the Hopefully. channel. I don't know if she would have gotten to the end of that episode, but... I don't know, man. Don't know. Who knows? Yeah, the the convincing him to cut off his face and feed it to the dogs, that... I did like that conclusion, and then when he was still alive after that, I'm like, oh, gosh darn it. <laughs> like, I know, well, that's, again, they refuse no to kill characters no off on the show. But that's also part of, like, Mason Verger's, like, whole thing, is that he's really disfigured and yeah. fucked up for part of his story in, in terms of like the whole Hannibal bigger narrative but I understand why Michael Pitt didn't want to come back and just wear <laughs> complete prosthetics for you know a whole season of a show but it's also pretty disappointing because yeah. I mean I think that the actor that they replaced him with is fine for that character he but has a he has a better um Margo he has a better yeah. one of those like hello there Margo yeah. oh I'm gonna eat your face off her. like I like his version of that I, <laughs> he's just so fucking disgusting yeah like, he's, it's a nightmare pre, pre being disfigured he's a yeah. fucking disgusting yeah. well, he's a, person he's like an interesting like you know maybe not foil but just like another like player in the ring where it's just like so who's even more disgusting than anything we've seen on the show so far oh this pig fucking guy this guy, this let's do sucks. this fucking guy. He also yeah. just take your face off and wear it on his face. Like all that stuff is just like, like I'm like that's cool. Oh, and they had the guy, and the guy being his like doctor assistant from uh, Barry and like Joker, and like he's in like fucking everything all the time. But I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's in this, he's in this too. That guy's fun. Mm-hmm. I did love how post face uh, Mason called the Risen Christ the Riz. That got a good <laughs> chuckle from me multiple times. <laughs> Pretty much every time he said it. You know, it. the Rizza. The Riz. <laughs> that was very funny. But yeah, that's probably my... Maybe, because I said my first favorite death was the eye. I think my second favorite death was probably the bee death, the honeycomb death. Especially mm-hmm. because I liked that the woman who committed the murders just outright admitted to them. I thought that was cool. Well, she thought she I was liked- helping. Yeah, which She's a nice I thought was very neat. <laughs> but then, yeah, the, like the third, like worst, most horrifying murder is that dead baby and the pig. That was crazy. Yeah, it's just mm. fucked up. That was messed up. Yeah, hate to see a dead baby, huh? <sighs> and a especially pig. in a pig. I mean, yeah, you know, you don't want. I don't want to deal That's with. It's not ideal. How are you gonna tell that baby? You know. Yeah, I don't know. No thanks. <laughs> no, you, you can't. Don't tell that baby nothing. <laughs> I have my very own virgin baby. Um, yeah, messed up. Yeah, they're a weird like side subplot. Yeah, Yeah. that kind of just like can't. I I I wish 
again, if we had just more Hannibal, I could see them having an interesting arc that gets to be a little bit more elongated. But I still like, again, like I still like what, like personally, I still like what we got from them. And I also think like having so much affection for the show and then rewatching it, like, you know, for me, you know, uh, because I'm also like, this could be all we get. I I have, I have fewer and fewer criticisms of it. Cause I'm just like, I just try and hold that show close to me. Like a, like a little verger baby from a pig, you know? Yeah. Keep it's your safe. comfort. Yes. It's a very special show. And it was arguably too, too special to live, to continue too special. living. That's why I had to take it out NBC. back of NBC studios. And, and, it, and it's such a shame. <laughs> no one else, it's such a shame. No one else picked it up. Like I know there was talks. Well, they're Initially, still... that like maybe Hulu or Netflix or Amazon, one of those like big streaming services would pick it up because I think that's where a show like that really thrives. And that's, you know, I, I'm sure a decent – was it on Netflix that you watched it, Bernadette? It just came out on Netflix earlier this year. It was on Amazon Prime for a long time. Yes. Okay. And it was holding up the rights uh, to like anyone even – trying to start it again yeah. like they were really kind of bogarting it now is kind while. of like the, honestly there is and you know maybe you know verna i'm sure you did some research into this too but like there there is actual like hope that they can do a yes. season four now like it, it like because it's on netflix now and mm-hmm. because it got into top 10 streaming for like a while like there and like i think um i, I didn't watch it but they did like um like a cast reunion stream earlier this year. And like, it just seemed like kind of like not to get your hopes up, but like, well, I mean, they weren't yeah, busy, you know, like, so, yeah. <laughs> but you know, everyone who's, to get a, a everyone who's involved going. in the show wants to, to do it, you know, like, no I'm one's sure. like, fuck that. But yeah, uh, it seems like everyone's on board. Yeah. I a think lot it's of just, shows though. Oh, go ahead, Robbie. Well, it just depends on who's going to pick it up. I think Netflix would be, good and i think netflix is probably happy with how they did on it you know well that's the thing but. is a lot of shows like get their kind of second chance when they come to netflix yeah like twin peaks really didn't get that big it was always a cult thing but i think it had like a a, a reawakening when it dropped on netflix um and i think a lot of you know people especially more like our generation i think got turned on to shows like that when it came out on netflix and i think hannibal if it's successful, which it sounds like it already is doing pretty well on Netflix, like I could definitely see the studio, the like Netflix studios, kind of looking at that and saying, like, is this maybe worth the investment of, you know, doing more of this? Because um, that's again, it's the kind of thing that sort of thrives on those uh, streaming services. Is a kind of more niche or like weird out there TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that someone like showtime didn't pick it up because i feel like showtime is a good home for like weird and creepy things and they kind of don't care like where the shows go so even like yeah i shutter would have been cool right like it was already on amazon prime and it got to like be on shutter and and, you know extend it that way i think i think any you know any number of of the streaming platforms or, or services like that now would be a good pick for it i think i would love to see uh get renewed on hbo 
um, just because they got the money and they'll just like fucking inject cash into it and it would look fucking dope. But I think Netflix yeah. would be a just fine. I think I think Brian Fuller can kind of work magic with not a ton. Not to say that Netflix wouldn't pump a bunch of money into it either. But uh, mm-hmm. I think any of them would be a good choice. I, I feel like Netflix would be the one, though, because they're seeing success on Netflix. So I feel like that door might be open. I also am very much talking out of my ass because I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little salty with Netflix because they just canceled Glow. And so while they have some money to spend because they... Just axed a good show. They ax good stuff sometimes. They yeah, axed they Tuka and Birdie after one season. I'm like, that show fucking rocks. And mad people That's were coming ups- back. It's coming back on Adult Swim. So it's kind uh, of doing it's doing like the opposite of like uh, what well, would normally happen. I'm also very salty with Adult Swim right now. But yeah. that's another story. Well, hopefully HBO got your back on that one. I mean, yeah, Venture Brothers need a home. People yeah. pick up the Venture Brothers. But yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes over the course of the next, you know, year or so. Because I don't think yeah. the conversations on Hannibal are, like, super prevalent right now. I'm hearing just, like, whispers and rumblings. I think we wouldn't know but. about it until it's, like, happening, you know? Like, until right. it's, like, oh, we're, like, doing it. I also, you know, what I would personally want out of a season four is I would want one more season like however many episodes you need to make it and it's like this is the conclusion to Hannibal because mm-hmm. you know one more season 18 parts 18 parts <laughs> I'm uh-huh. into that 700 episodes each. but I think that's like that's like the thing you know and uh like come back but just come back to do one more because I, I'd be afraid that something would happen and like we're back and we're back for three seasons and then something fucked up happens and gets out of yeah. whack you know like come back with like um uh, you know a, a show that did this really well is uh Different, but I thought really well is uh, Samurai Jack season five. Like Samurai Jack comes back doing season five, and they're like, "This is not Samurai Jack getting renewed or rebooted. This is the conclusion to the show that was canceled thirteen years ago." You know, mm-hmm. hopefully we don't have to wait that long. Um, I could be dead, but um, yeah, I hope I hope they. I I think the best thing is like come back, do one more season, and I think what would make the Fanables really happy is is Will Graham and Hannibal on the run, kissing and doing weird shit. <laughs> but stuff yeah i, I definitely mean, would want to see it being given like the time it needs because right. that's one of my biggest gripes with hannibal is that some of it seems very rushed and so yeah as long as they're giving them the time they need to do the things that they're trying to do that's what i would ask for we know brian fuller, fuller can shoot one hell of a gay sex scene so this is true this mm-hmm. is true yeah, he's, I think I you know I feel like Hannibal has like the best like queer coding of like any show ever because it's like again it's like not so like under the surface it's like I think they're in love it's especially in, in season three where he's like are you saying Hannibal is in love with me it's like we all say in that <laughs> motherfucker like we all know it but it's there's quite a lot of sexual tension going yeah, on there you literally have dual sex scenes where you run into each other in in the gravitas in the of bed. space yeah like whatever but um. Yeah, and I, but I kind of like that it's like subtextual and like not as sexual. But I would like to see it become. Sexual. Oh, you want to see the consummation? I would. Lo- I would love to see the consummation. Full penetration. I Who wanna, you got top? Who I, you got bottom? Well, I want to see like how their intellectual infatuation with one another can turn passionate. Because I think, and, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it in like interesting grown up terms, not just like I want to see them do a smooch. Like I do think see these characters who are so infatuated with their minds like how that would 
translate to the worst relationship ever or the best. I don't know. I think mutual masturbation is where I, I would guess. Fair probably. enough. <laughs> they probably just were, watch each other jerk it for a while. Maybe. Yeah, because I actually I really that. liked Molly. Yeah. I really liked the inclusion of Molly and Walter in that third season. Molly just seemed like so down to earth and like such like a normal human being who actually like genuinely cared about Will, even though she might not fully ever understand him. And yeah. it seemed like he also really cared for her until Hannibal was like, well, it can never be with her well, like it is with it's me. It's the toxic ex, man. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's it's really cool stuff. And again, like, it's, you know, usually in shows uh, old or new, it's, it's like kind of cringy to see things be coded and just be like, yo, just be out and proud, man. Like, it's cool. But like, in Hannibal, it's, it's done in, in such a way where it's like, you know, it's 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 almost like less coding and more like you know allegory and like it it's or like metaphor, um, and it's cool. That show's cool. There's not much shows like it out there, and maybe never I will again. Say, <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. If uh, you are listening to this podcast and you've already gotten this far, then we've uh, given you a lot of the information that you would have gotten just watching it. But for me personally, as a recommendation, when you watch this show. Give it time to breathe, because even yeah. though it's on Netflix, I think I ended up not enjoying it maybe as much as you guys did. Well, definitely not as much as you you guys did, because I was binging it. And there's such a thing as when you're eating a large portion of a meal, and by the end of the meal, like the flavor isn't as intriguing to you, and it's called flavor fatigue. Oh. And I got flavor fatigue from watching this show. It is rich. Because it just became like... <laughs> more of the same like it made the episodes kind of bleed together and almost seem like a bit much and by the end i was like all right whew, okay so i think that's why i liked when it changed up at the beginning of season two when it changed up even like i wasn't crazy about the versions at least it was changing yeah and then by the end like my binge was just very much like huh all right this is a lot of the same stuff so i'd say give it like a week to breathe in between episodes if you can, because I think you'll enjoy it much more for doing so. It's almost like binging is a negative term when it comes to eating or drinking. I'm not a fan of binging television shows. Typically, I like week to week formatting, but I did not allow myself the time to do that for this show. It was a nice show to watch week to week because it was was one that the internet, the small community that uh, did watch the show was, was always engaged there is enough mystery to it that you could kind of like yeah. always spend time on a on a forum after each episode, like kind of breaking down the show. Or if you were me and Robbie, just talk to each other about it. It's definitely it was a good show for water cooler talk. I mean, I think season three is the only one I actually watched week to week. I think by the time I really got into the show, season two was out and I was like mm-hmm. getting on Amazon. Um, don't know if I binged it, though. Uh, I know the most recent time I watched it, it was quarantine. So like you binge and everything, like that's just what you're doing. Uh, yeah. We watched it like back to back to back, and I was I was really happy that she was really into it. But she likes a good murder show, um, and we just finished Bates Motel, and I was like, let's watch a good murder show this time because <laughs> uh, Bates Motel <laughs> is fucking stupid. Except for the last season is actually really cool for some of the reasons we talk about Hannibal being cool. Hmm. 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 It's, well, mo- it's fun- mostly dumb. <laughs> it's mostly not good. I have a, a fun fact that I found out today about this show is that Lawrence Fishburne and Gina Torres, who played Jack and Bella, were actually married 
during the filming of all of Hannibal. They're not oh, married anymore? They are not married anymore. Did she die? No. No, oh, they okay, separated <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> okay. And then they got divorced in 2018. Oh, well. So. A good run. I'm glad she's alive. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Great. Because, um, yeah, I was familiar with her from Firefly and yes. was happy to see her whenever she did crop into the show. But I, I was a little let down because, yeah, they bring up her cancer storyline towards the beginning of season one. And then, like, you're like, oh, I guess we just don't see her for almost an entire season. She comes <laughs> back in all... a weird way. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, like, really in a way, which was cool to see a character just outright hate Hannibal like she does. Like, she is the only character who isn't, like, intrigued by him. She's not bought into the spell. No. Well, so also, that was, he saves that was her cool. life, right? Well, he basically takes her life into his own hands right. and she doesn't get a say anymore yeah that part i was very angry she and tries to kill herself so. right am i remembering that correctly mm-hmm. yeah and, and then, then he, he, and then he does back. and then what does he like flip a coin or something right or like yes oh my god it's, mm. <laughs> it's joker so good, man <laughs> it's so good I mean, yeah because i think it's like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to talk to men who are like very in love with this show and I think uh, Hannibal is like pansexual. Yeah, like he doesn't. I don't think he really cares. Oh yeah, like he's he'll gonna, fuck like, anything with a pulse. I think they both. Sure. I think they both are like. I think him and Will are, are kind of like that. Maybe Will is a little yeah. bit more in the dark. I think he's. He knows. He's Hannibal becomes, if Hannibal yeah. really got he's his woke, hands on Will, know? he would be able to open him up like a tulip. <laughs> yes. and uh, Will's sexuality would bloom fully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, I haven't talked to a lot of people in general about Hannibal. But I know you guys really love it, and I know Burge really loves it. And then me, like, as a woman, I'm like, I don't know if I love it. <laughs> so I think it's really funny talking to men who are, like, ecstatic about it. I'll I'll have to, like, gauge any of my female friends. I will like, say, Did you watch Hannibal? How do you feel? Because I think the women might be a little bit less inclined to love this I show. I will say show all the... less interested in interesting women characters, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the, uh, the, the people I follow on Twitter who are in, like, the... They seem to be the prominent fanables on the Twitter sphere and do all the fan art and the and the uh, uh, fan fix, all that all that Erotica. crazy mumbo jumbo, and they just post about it like seven hundred times a day. They're all women. I don't think there's oh, a sing- I don't think there's a single man that I've that I've seen. I, I I'm like the one because I've made one like <laughs> Freddie Lounds meme and sent it to, and like and put the Hannibal hashtag on it, and then they all started following me. I was like. <laughs> oh, you you hooked them. Ooh, yeah. You so. went fishing. <laughs> they liked it. Oh, I went. Fi- I caught them. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting little community. Uh, I don't want to get any more involved than the one meme I made because it is intense. Still working <laughs> on the fan. They into they into weird shit, man. I think even if another scene came out, I don't know if they'd be happy with it because it would be a show instead of like some weird nightmare porn. But uh, mm. hey, more if it could be both, I'm by all means. <laughs> Let's be honest. If Brian Fuller makes a season four of Hannibal, it will be weird nightmare porn. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it no matter what the fuck it is. I just hope, I really hope it's real, and I think that there is a there's no chance Fireflies ever coming back. There's a chance that we can get Hannibal again. (laughs) There's a chance it's out there. Apparently, Bernadette, did you see that interview that just came out with David Lynch where he was like, "Oh, if it wasn't for quarantine, I'd be working on something right now, or continuing Mm -hmm. something." Mm Hmm. Uh. I personally hope there's never a fourth season of Twin Peaks. 
Um, yeah. But I, mean, I also I'm... probably would say I would rather not have a four season of Hannibal, personally. I, li- I, I like yeah. the ambiguity of the ending, and I would leave it like that. Well, see, I was in the camp that we didn't need the return um, because I was very <laughs> satisfied with how that ended. Like mm. the original second season ending, I was very into that. I thought it was like one of the boldest uh, series finales we would we would ever see. Hmm. And then there were moments in the return where I was like, yes, I actually am very glad that this is around. Um, it took, you know, what, until like the eighth episode, eighth part? Is that when it gets like really crazy good? I can't well, remember that one eight, episode. Yes. I personally find every episode of, of the return to be incredible. But eight episode eight is the one that stands out for a lot of people. For sure. But yeah, I, like I was enjoying the time until episode eight. And then I was like, well, well, yes, this whole thing had to exist for this to exist. Yeah. And then they actually did pull it off again with with a second excellent ending. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I am totally cool with that being it because I'm not not a beggar. Like nope. if that was the plan, that's very, very good. <laughs> and the I'm only reason happy. I bring it up is because it's that's another thing. It's just like a miracle that it got made. So like it's I put that in the same camp as Hannibal. Like it season three of Hannibal is also it's a miracle that it was made. It probably like should not have existed, but it does and I'm glad it does. Yeah. I'm happy it does for you too as well. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> right now, now i have Maybe, to watch it know. again now i, love I did it. not get a chance to rewatch before we did this podcast but i now i need definitely need to rewatch it i think yeah. it's, i think it's a show i'll check out like at least like once a year every few years um see something new i mean even the even the time i watched it the most recent time i was like i didn't realize that oh shit i never realized that oh shit i never realized that that's what this means um i'm gonna do it again interesting what did you guys think this is my last question for you of Richard Armitage's performance as the Red Dragon because we didn't really get into the Red Dra- Dragon mm. and I really liked that we got into that storyline for Reba, the character of Reba, because I really liked her. But what did you guys think of that character? I thought he was cool. Um, yeah? Yeah, I, I liked it. I think the scene where he eats the fucking uh, the painting, I was like, oh no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but I liked I liked his character. It definitely seemed like they were like, you know, treading on sacred ground and i think treating it with a lot of respect and uh it, it also seemed like maybe one of the more like least remixed things to my understanding um yeah. but i i liked it i really like his performance i love how physical it is and how um and, and, you know and, and it's you know his his motives are like singular but also like i think only he could ever really i think even as the audience member you can never fully understand like what exactly he's trying to do um i also like his uh his like method of murder with like the broken shards of glass in people's faces i thought that was like a very, among among the millions of amazing visuals in the show i did particularly like that one as well um but i liked his character again more i you know i wish there was more time with him but i also kind of like i thought that chunk was like pretty good especially for something that we you know may have seen before um but seeing the the fullerized version of that was i thought very interesting um and i like and also it was the ways that hannibal was able to like manipulate him from from inside uh his his cell was i thought very very cool you guys should check out that book if you're interested you especially robbie but the, i've, the I've book heard his red, books are tough to read i just heard I they're very like dense red what do you make a face at me? So. i thought <laughs> why do you make faces at me don't do that 
is, is mean. <laughs> I, I didn't Me? find it to be yeah. that tough to get through. It's not even that long, I don't yeah. think. But um, the I think this the Brian Fuller portrayal of Red Dragon is probably the closest to like the source material. Yeah, the book. Um, when you consider like Red Dragon the movie and yeah, then Manhunter, the which is also like another interpretation of that, so that one's interesting because I feel like that is that one... the first book is that he is that like the first book in the Hannibal books is Red Dragon? That's a good yes. question. It, it is, is right? It is. Yeah. yeah, and then everything is like kind of like a prequel to it that came out after or a sequel to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Hannibal Rising is the story of Hannibal, like when he's younger. He's younger, and but they it was made a written movie afterwards. Of that too. Yeah, yeah they Got did. It. Yeah, it was also interesting when they did the Hannibal's like backstory in season three. How brief it was yeah. as well. Yeah, that character was interesting. I thought his uh, not his sister, but like his. I forget what I forget what she was. <laughs> She had the sniper exactly. Rifle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't do a good job really explaining who she was. So apparently, uh, Hannibal has an aunt, and she was originally cla- cast. And people are like, "Oh, she's playing the aunt character," but they're like, "Oh no, Hannibal's like too old for her to play his aunt." Mm-hmm. So they're like, "She's gonna be his aunt's ward." Got it. Who essentially came over and was like her caretaker, kind of like her handmaiden, mm-hmm. who was kind of like taking care of Hannibal's aunt. <clears throat> and so that's why she's so young. Because at first I was like, why is this like random woman being introduced? But she knew Hannibal as a child, but she's yeah. like also very young looking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was cool for, for the moment of like, you know, she gets Hannibal'd by Will Graham, which was, which is cool to see. Yeah, she was very much a tool. That yeah, and that, and that does yeah. go back to your your criticism of of the female characters, though. She she existed for a brief bright moment <laughs> to mm-hmm. make Will shine even brighter. I mean, she does save Jack. Uh, Jack is almost that's true killed, and then she saves him. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, the the Jack Hannibal fight scene is like one of the most like in season three. Both of them. Both the of them. Yes, two one the, and season, the season three. The season three one. one's so good because you're just like get him. He Get fucking kicks his ass. He beats the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is especially good after the the season two the fight. The ass whooping he got before, yes. Yes. It he's like, cool. bitch, my turn. Yeah. It's a weird <laughs> show that has like very like it has some of my like favorite fights in like TV. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Hannibal has like so the the one where he kills that guy with his pen in like season one, he does like a spider kick and then they're like fuck I see, yeah, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> John Wicks him? He John Wicks him a little bit. Yeah. They fucking pencil. Yeah, the fight choreography is top notch in cool. the show for sure. And that's cool too, because like we talked about, even you know the deaths and like the gruesome tableau scenes. There's always like an artistic ele- elegance to all that stuff, and then they have the fight scenes that are just like brutal, knockout, bloody, violent, yeah, um, primal almost kind of scenes. Yeah. Well, cool. is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, I think we covered it all for me. I love this show. I'm always happy to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely not uh, the spook fest like I thought it was going to be, but it was uh, spooky in the sense of it gets in your mind. And yeah. that's the thing you can never get rid of. It makes you just makes stuck you in so there. hungry. <laughs> so hungry all the so time hungry. watching the show. Yeah. I chose the wrong time to become a vegetarian. Mm. I want some Yeah, meat. that's very true. Human meat doesn't count. Oh Maybe yeah, human meat. Yeah, that's fine. I'm into, oh, I'm into that because <laughs> you know ha- animals can't consent and are innocent. 
Yes. But humans. Brumans. Into it. Well, is there anything else you guys would like to plug then? Any plug, plug, plugs Uh, that you have? um, Sign up for our um, members only cash fence where you can have access to exclusive content. We have really cool podcasts on there, like our John Carpenter podcast where we talk about all the John Carpenter movies and our um, uh, the Edgar Wright podcast where we talk about all the Edgar Wright movies and uh, follow us on Instagram because there's a lot of funny stuff on there regarding movies <laughs> and some videos and some videos. Some videos so check that out yeah very fun videos for sure and if you're trying to find some spooky movies to watch this month by the time this goes up there should be a article on the website that uh, my brother and I put together Movies that you can watch across any of the big streaming platforms uh, and find some spooky stuff to enjoy this month. It's a good list. 31 movies. And curated by yours truly and my brother Jeremy. Bada bang. Yeah. That's some good stuff. You've left me nothing to plug, which I think is great. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we did all the work for you. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, Track I-9. Is there a new Track I-9 you can plug? Well, there is a new Trikai 9 that just dropped, um, dropping the the word of choice. Uh, we covered two films from 1999, which is kind of the crux of the episodes right now for Trikai 9. It's where we discuss two movies from the same year. Uh, right now, it is 1999, and we did one on Drop Dead Gorgeous and Jawbreaker. And to hear my thoughts on those two movies, you'd have to listen to that podcast. There you go. Yeah. Where can I find that podcast? Ah, you can find it wherever you find podcasts. But if you need oh. any help, you can go to storyscreenbeacon.com. Bam. Perfect. What a little Boom. ballet we just did. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Tit for tat. <laughs> Tit for tat. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me and also kind of encouraging and putting the thought in my mind to watch Hannibal because I don't think I would have watched it without your glowing reviews yeah so we kind of never shut up about it so yeah, yeah that's true i well, was I'm trying to say you. that in a nice way we'll stop annoying you, you about uh, it now that you've seen true. it well i'm glad you enjoyed most of it i think yeah i enjoyed parts of it and then i didn't enjoy parts of that and i think that's a very human experience it's like hannibal was teaching me to be a little human there you go after all mm. Mm. what a good guy mm. he is <laughs> makes you think yeah yeah all right well thank you guys for joining me And thank you, listeners, uh, for listening to another episode of Cathode Raycast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.